This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive and necessary and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can't afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapists, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Hi, everybody. Happy Tuesday. You can instantly tell we're in a hotel. We're not in the studio, but we're not just in a hotel. We are not in the country. When you're listening to this, we are actually with people on spa, which is really cool. And what I'm actually, this is going to sound weird, from a podcast perspective, what I'm most excited about is our next podcast will be one like we've never had. We've done podcasts from Pilgrimage before where the people on the trip with us have been on the podcast, Mm -hmm. but we've never had it work out where we recorded that podcast after they'd done both tracks. Yeah, that's a great point. And this time we'll do it. So Friday's podcast will be a discussion where we really get to debrief with all the people that are going, and Ted, who goes every year. We'll get to debrief about what it's like to really be a complete newbie and do both these tracks within two days of each other. It's a bit overwhelming, but it's fantastic. And I can't believe we're here again. You and I, when we were getting off the plane today, we were exhausted from the overnight flight. And we just kept looking at each other and just grinning like idiots because being here is really (laughs) cool. I was so excited on the plane. I couldn't sleep. You can't sleep on planes anyway, but still, I'm just so excited to be here. And you're all cordially invited. We'd love to have you and come experience what we've learned and what we know now. And it's just so intriguing and so exciting to be here and nice to be back. We did this a year ago. It's so awesome. About eleven months, and we, here we were, you know, doing the same kind of thing, and it was really nice to to feel, hey, we're back, and yeah, we were on final approach, and you looked at me, you're like, we're back, yeah, totally, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it really was, cool. It was really great fun. So, yes, we're in uh, Germany and Belgium, and looking forward to to doing our annual pilgrimage trip. We'd love to do more in the future, but of course, that means we need signups from people. We need commitments and want you to join us, you listening to join us. Well, we're less than two weeks away from our Utah meetup which is completely full. We're very yes. excited about it. There's a lot yes. of driving and hanging out with you guys coming up in the, in the days to come, and we're very excited about that. We always recommend that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is brakes. An upgraded braking system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. From the track to the trail, even your morning commute, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter your vehicle and driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. Just go to PowerStop.com and you fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder. You'll get matched with complete kits with components that are low dust, which we've seen, noise-free, which is amazing, and feature upgraded stopping power. We've seen great results firsthand on our cars, and we encourage you to improve your car with better brakes from PowerStop. Brake upgrades made easy. We have a topic Tuesday and we have a car debate. This might be a little bit shorter episode, but these uh, these ones from the hotel room always feel like they go by pretty quick and we kind of close <laughs> yeah. it down. But we're here, we're having a good time with an uh, interesting question from BC writing to us from Fort Worth. He has a question about lights, which I didn't expect. Yeah, I liked your question, uh, BC. He's been listening to our podcast for over a year now and he says it's been an amazing experience to listen to us during his commute. Well... Thank you for writing to us because we're talking about the question that you had regarding a news report over LED headlights where it was mentioned bright LED headlights are potentially hazardous towards other drivers during night driving. I thought this was especially convenient uh, to discuss this given the the U.S. Department of Transportation has always been behind the times when it comes to approving 
brand new technology, and in Europe, where we are, yeah. that's been implemented almost right away. I mean, many yeah. new cars. There's been so many new technologies that have not made it, uh, been approved by uh, by the DOT yeah. in the U.S. So You remember the, what was it, the 80s, when, uh, up into the 90s, actually, when there were, every car had the completely boxed, self-contained lights on the front. Yeah, like the sealed beam. The sealed beam headlights. box yeah. lights that you could go into any auto parts store and there was just this wall of square lights and you yeah. got your appropriate size and they plugged in and that was had to do with U.S. regulations and many, many cars had their front ends ruined by having to have these closed off lights and technology on lights has moved on. But the issue here is the fact that obviously you've seen old school lights, like the sealed beam like we're talking about, but then it went to halogens, and now it's gone to LEDs. Yes, yes. And they've become super white and major eye piercing, and the issue is not just that they're super bright, but you've got the difference between, and I am living this world, the difference between <laughs> the guy in the big pickup uh-huh. and somebody like me in a uh-huh. Lotus Elise. Yeah. I am in the firing zone. You are. I am I am at the, at the level that that light is going to be directly in my eyes and I will also say this as you get older we will have that discussion <laughs> your eyes become less able to deal with different levels of light at night especially so you have a really bright light and it causes glare that is just a, a sad reality of getting older with your mm-hmm. eyes that's a problem as well but yeah, he's asking about what what's going on here, what happens, can anything be done? And you already kind of touched on it, Paul. And that is, I think it's interesting, Audi was, has been a real big pioneer of the smart light technology. Oh, yeah. That, Absolutely. And I yeah. don't entirely understand how it works, though I understand it does. And that is that the the lights will kind of carve out, because it's an LED and it's a, it's a panel of lights, they will kind of avoid the opposite car. Yep. They will kind of look around the opposite car. And, of course, that's not approved in the U.S. And Tom, who we're going to see this week, he actually asked me when it first came out if we'd driven anything with that light. And I said, no, it's not even allowed here. And he was like, it's revolutionary. Right. It's the, is it the digital matrix headlight system? Is I think the, so, uh, yeah. the Audi system? Well, yeah, we didn't have uh, the high-intensity discharge lights until, like, the 90s on BMWs and a yeah. few other cars. But it's just been so interesting. And then we come here, of course, we're spotting cars, but... BC, I like that you've got this question because you were mentioning small cars, especially when the oncoming vehicle is an SUV or a truck. And BC had a similar incident happen a few years ago when they went on family road trip to Colorado. He had to drive at night on narrow mountainous roads and it was extremely uncomfortable. So he's wondering, are other drivers suffering as well? Yep. And it seems like the trends are only exaggerating the sales of SUVs and trucks in America. So... Aggression is the best defense, is what BC says. Well, it's it's, but it's that reality of if everybody in traffic is sitting up high. We've talked about this before. If you're all sitting up high, mm-hmm. well, then if you're a person like me who wants to sit low in a car, at some point, do you cave and just go, well, I need to be able to see, so I need to get yeah. something bigger to be able to see. Now, that's a lot of drivers, you know. I've noticed just the dazzle effect of regular headlights on yeah. the windshield when it's raining or slightly oh, sure. dirty, and it it dazzles and it's hard to see. It's very uncomfortable, but you're right. I mean, really, BC, what it's coming down to, as Todd identified, is government regulations and approvals and Mm. wanting that to come through further because the technology is something that can solve this problem, Mm. I feel like, or get very close to it. Mm. I mean, 
you can today's technology you can throw at a lot of different kinds of issues and it's sure, amazing yeah. what kind of solutions humans can come up with and here we are in europe where a lot of solutions have been implemented already it seems like you know we land in germany and i just instantly see all the the hot m cars and yeah, the yeah, yeah. big mercedes benzes yeah, yeah. they're like, they're popular here it just makes sense yeah it does Absolutely. It's just, you know, you're seeing it in the natural yeah. environment and then the kind of technology that they implement, how quickly it moves uh -huh. in Germany and, and Europe. I mean, you see it reflected in, in the cars just as soon as you land. It is interesting how, how slow, I mean, granted, governments world over are slow at implementing a, sure. a, along with it's technology. It's not just the U.S. It's, but it's at the same government. time, you know, it, this reminds me of this has been the consistent problem that Tesla has had in mm. the U.S., is that they are they are innovating at a level that the government is so far behind that there's just it's not even like the government is behind it's like the government is, doesn't even understand regulation wise to kind of keep up I and mean, when you think about Tesla doing a direct sales model mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. they have figured out but that is flying <laughs> in the face of dealers who are required to exist so yeah. how do you, I mean even even that which has nothing to do with driving at all and every car company is like you know. We want some. We of that. want to do that too. So I mean, yeah, there definitely is a, is a is a lag time that we're suffering from in a lot of things in the car world, and this is another one. I remember seeing at CES in Vegas a decade ago. Okay. This lighting technology from Audi. Yeah, yeah. They debuted laser lighting technology and yeah. laser tail lights, and everybody was going, "Yes, I uh -huh. like that." Car companies like Audi were kind of putting their stake in the ground, going, mm -hmm. "This is where we're taking our tech and yeah, implementing yeah. that." But of course, BC. All this means with the, the tech solving the problem, that means higher replacement costs yeah, for true, any kind true, of yeah. damage or accident yeah. or you know something just goes wrong with the with the new untried, yeah. untested technology. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it's tested, but there's there's a lot of testing involving lighting, especially well world over. But uh, th there's always a lot of regulation, a lot of testing. It's just unfortunate that it moves so slowly. But we don't live in the social media world where it's the move fast, break something true, kind of true. thing. Yeah, kind yeah. Of, you, you can't. At, at some point, there's many car companies and tech companies that have run into the limits of policies and regulators. Sure, yeah. So we, we can't solve anything today. But, of course, wanting to, to push on your legislatures and push on your legislators to, yeah. to continue to, to implement this and... and I, I embrace, I, I really could see the lighting technology change the, the world of car design too. Yeah, yeah. Because that has made such a difference in, uh, you know, the designers have to respect regulations, of course, and then implementing new tech that would change designs. I mean, I was seeing sketches 20, 30 years ago of just, you know, the pointillism technique. It's just, mm, you know, mm. barely anything. And we're used to the face of a car and yeah, there's the lights yeah. and those are the eyes and the grill is the mouth yeah, and that's yeah. the opening and this could really change how cars look we kind of started to see it on the alpha 4c that initial yeah, car the bug lights the that they had yeah lights and they were weird yeah very strange looking but that was the idea there is to yeah. ver make it very pinpoint in its yeah, execution yeah, 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 and i i feel like we could see the evolution of this but it's going to take a lot longer in the U.S. than it will mm. in Europe or, or the world over. So, yeah, the lighting technology is such a huge deal. It's just amazing to me where all the different aspects of vehicle design and vehicle technology yeah. really affect 
people and really affect your driving and, and how cool it is that there's still such a, a world to be discovered, I feel like, mm. that, that has this ripple effect through car design and engineering. Here's this new tech that can revolutionize things. Well, if it's going to be implemented, then how can designers use it creatively? Yeah. That's really fascinating to me. It seems yeah. like we barely scratched the surface and cars, you know, they, they're very clean and smooth, but they look like they did 20 years ago. For the, for the most point. part. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it is funny to think about it in, in terms of lights because, you know, there's there's been some revolutions that didn't survive. And then there's some things that, like, like remember the Tucker vehicles? Yeah. They had a center headlight yes. that turned with the steering wheel. That was the 30s. Okay, and people resisted that. And then, and then there was there was actually a system, and I forget how it worked. But there was a system in like the '50s, '60s, '70s era that was actually sensed. It, it was auto high beams at that time, and it sensed when when the light flashed back, the high beams went down, mm-hmm. and that was eventually outlawed. So that went away. Well, now it's back sometimes. Yeah. But then what I find funny is on all those auto systems now, most people don't even turn on their lights. Which yeah. I, I'm 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 old school enough. I like to like turn on the lights most of the time, but like my <laughs> right. wife leaves the Cayenne on auto. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's so the, easy the, to do. the car just turns itself on or off, and you you go into over. We've all done it. You go into an under an overpass, and your lights turn on. Yeah, and then they turn back off. But but I think it's funny how they're so auto now that we don't actually think about the fact that they're laser bright, and they can do things like look around other cars if we put the technology to, to, together right. I mean, imagine the whole front stripe across a car with this technology that could yeah. move the lights and, and see what's, you know, where it calculates the driver's eyes and the yeah. oncoming car to be. It could shift the light around the car yeah, completely. Which is, yeah, which is what that Audi technology does. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's yeah, fan- fantastic. So... We, we wish that would be impl- implemented more quickly. But there's other things I think, BC, that we don't wish were more I- implemented more quickly, like autonomous driving. I mean, I, I true, th- yeah. Autonomous driving has been solved. There are autonomous cars. Yeah. It, it works. It's out there. It's just not widespread enough that it's going to work all the time in all cases. And we, you know, right. you, can make a, you can make a car do it. Let's not make all the cars do it. Yeah, but it, in that sense, BC, <laughs> we're talking about human life. Yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. machine can't kill the human. Yeah. The end, yeah. full stop. So that technology has to be reliable enough. Whereas lighting is, well, it's, it's an annoyance and that does cause distraction. It is a safety issue, but it's not, the car is not operated by the human anymore. Sure. Yeah. Different level. So th- there's, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, Tech being thrown on a lot of things, most notably uh, EVs that are lightweight in small sports cars. Don't get crazy over there. You have to see uh, any of those. Whatever car you're looking for and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with Autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listings anywhere online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and far beyond your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure not to miss anything. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Auto Tempest is now the official sponsor of all our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. So when you're doing your drive homework or you're chasing your next family car or you're just browsing so you can see what's out there, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Auto Tempest. All the cars. One search. We have a car debate from Tyler in Utah 
and he's writing, and I'm having one of those moments reading this car debate where I feel like I'm reading a debate from two different people at the same time. Oh. Because every now and then we meet people, mm-hmm. and they aren't the age they appear to be. Okay. And I feel yeah. that with Tyler. Okay. He's in his mid-20s, but everything about this car debate feels like it's not a guy in his mid-20s. Feels like it's a guy on the backside of his career and he's headed for retirement. It's how it reads, but that's, that's not what we're talking funny. about because Tyler is looking to move to Hawaii. Well, I thought this was timely and relevant, having just come back from Hawaii yeah. and observing how people drive on the Big Island. Yep. I haven't driven everywhere in uh, on Oahu and Honolulu, but you know Honolulu has some gnarly traffic. Yeah. Because it's a small island. Yeah, and that's where everybody lives on the island. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, Tyler has a 2016 Mustang EcoBoost convertible. Okay. He's enjoyed the handling and turbo torque as he drives some of Utah's great mountain roads, and he loves that rear-wheel drive feel. He never wants to go back. Okay. He loves rear-wheel drive. Then this takes an unexpected turn. He says, I thought this Mustang would be with me until the engine gives out. And then he thought, you know what? When the engine gives out, then I'll just convert it to electric and I'll keep it around forever. It's it's not like plugging a... EV system into your car is not just well, but it's just that easy. It's also Tyler. You're in your mid twenties. A 2016 Mustang EcoBoost. I'm sorry, is not a forever car. No, it's not. No. It's certainly not a forever car. That if the engine dies, we're going to convert it and make it future proofed. <laughs> of all the right. cars I can think of right. to do that with, the 2016 EcoBoost Mustang convertible would not be on the list of please preserve this long term. I mean, I, I, I here's the thing. Now, I do want to say though, Tyler, because we talk about this a lot. I love that you love it. I love true, that it has made true. a big enough impression on you that you n- never want to have anything that's not rear-wheel drive, and that you've had these thoughts about, maybe I could keep it forever. Maybe I could make it an EV. I think that's interesting, but I want to very much encourage you, and you do open up yourself here. I do, you do very much encourage you that that is your car for right now. There's a lot of other cars out there, but this is where this conversation comes because you have been looking into, now that you are fully remote in your job and you don't see what you do, you've been looking into other places you could live, comparing prices, and to your great surprise, you could afford to move to Hawaii. I mean, the island lifestyle is quite a bit different, but it is very appealing. I I see why. If you're just, you want to work from the beach. Yeah. You want to open up your laptop and (laughs) exactly work from wherever. So he says the Mustang would be sold to fund this adventure if he decides on Mm -hmm. moving to Hawaii. Yeah. He has no idea what kind of roads await him there, but he does know he will want a convertible to enjoy the sun and the island air. So he needs our help building a list for drive homework. We never have really covered Hawaii. We've covered a lot of other states, <laughs> other continents, other, other We've places. talked about it a couple times, but not much. But, and there's like, I think if memory serves, there's one driving road on the big island. And there's one on, uh, there's like two of the islands have a legit yeah, driving like, road and that's it. But, but <laughs> It's mostly just ring roads at 45 miles an hour. Pretty much, exactly right. I want you to first take a trip to Hawaii before you decide. Maybe yes. maybe a visit to, yes. to really feel, you know, visit a couple of different islands uh-huh. while you're there. Definitely go Spend to Honolulu yeah. and, and feel that kind of big city feel on a very small island and how much gridlock there actually is and yeah. can be. 
and then go over to Maui and then maybe bounce down to, to the big island and drive around and spend some time there. So A, you want to make sure that this move is, you know, the one you want. Yeah, true. But to experience these roads, when I was driving the Grand Highlander, I spotted a C8 Stingray. Yep. It's a convertible. It drove I love right that past. you did. It's I couldn't believe so it. I, you know, mid-sentence, I was like, oh. Yeah. A sports car enthusiast. That's got to be, well, I, I, I don't know if it's a rental or not. Yeah. Yeah, it I would kind of make sense if it is because, yeah, C8 convertible in Hawaii on a 45-mile-an-hour speed limit road. Which also, and the other reason, back to your point about whether or not it was a rental, it also seems like the perfect car you want to rent to experience there but not to want to own there. Right. So I, I couldn't quite tell. Interesting. And then, of course, at this event, come to find out, the Toyota Tacoma has been Hawaii's best-selling truck for 22 years. Didn't know that. And, of course, all I saw were just rental vehicles of all kinds. Yeah, yeah. You really have to be on, I mean, yeah, there are full-time residents on the big island, but you really have to be on uh, on Oahu to really understand what do people drive every day. There's a Porsche dealer there. There's a BMW dealer yeah. there. Of course, people want to drive nice cars there, too. And yeah. there's, it seems to be a few more twisty roads on, uh, on that island than Kona or Maui. Mm. Maui's like one just loop, I think. Yes, yes. Kauai has a similar thing. Kauai's got like a loop on the ring road on the outside of the jungle island, which is cool. It's very cool. But Tyler wants a convertible, rear-wheel drive, space for a big old American car. He says the Miata and the 86 are too small. Yeah, he's a, he's a big old American, so he wants to he wants to fit properly. Yeah, <laughs> ten to twenty-five thousand dollars, or a lease payment of four hundred dollars or less, and he wants a manual transmission, but more luxury. You understand that manual transmissions in a luxury car are kind of a thing that, of the past. Yeah, that doesn't really happen anymore, unfortunately, yeah. He wants a touchscreen with Android Auto. He'll give that up for an older car that drives better. And head-turning style regardless of age. Hmm. So he will give a Miata drive one more try. He'll give a 2016 or newer Mustang GT a, another try. He's going to drive that. He says the BMW Z4 or 4 Series interests him, or any BMW in the price range, and, and he... Kind of likes those. Yeah. An O2 manual MR2 Spider that looks to be in great shape, which I'm surprised that's on your list because that is the opposite of luxury. Yes, and it's and it's not really any bigger than a Miata or an 86. No. I'm very surprised it's on there. I mean, they're 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 fun, but they're not luxurious. There's a lot of space in them. Weirdly. Yeah. 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 Uh, an old O4 Mercedes CLK, and he says. Might as well drive an 06 Corvette that's listed. I mean, that's that's what I was thinking. Sure. I went and looked, and I'm debating. You said this is your forever car, but to fund your adventure, you have to sell it. But you have the car that you would want uh-huh. in Hawaii. You, Excellent point. You, you already Excellent point. own the convertible yes. Mustang that you love. That he loves, which would make sense to be the car that, that he has on Hawaii. the one you totally want there, agree. but yep. you'd have to sell that to go have an adventure uh-huh. to go buy another one? Yeah. So why not looking into shipping the car that you have? Very good. And Very good. And then you can find shipping. I already did. There's carriers that will ship from your door to any port in any of the Hawaiian yeah. islands. Yeah. Hawaii Car Transport. They will do it for you. But you're right. I mean, there obviously there's some upfront costs there. But overall, if you run the numbers, does it make more sense to just take that Mustang? And I get that there's a lot of cruising around. But there's also weather. Like yeah. rain, like yeah. torrential rainstorms, and any car, any convertible that you look into, you're going to want to make sure is kind of sealed up. Yeah. Or it's a Jeep Wrangler that isn't sealed up, and, and then it you can don't just care. Yeah. Take it, take yeah. the elements. Totally. But I feel like 
the amount of roads that are really truly like let's get after it and fun are going to be few and far between for you. The, mm. the driving roads that you're used to, big long sweepers with not a lot of people because sure, you're gonna find some twisties, they're gonna be packed with people most of the time and they're gonna be mostly tourists and they have a low speed limit. You're not gonna be able to get away yeah. with getting after it in any car. So what about a Wrangler? What about a Fiat Jolly? <laughs> Seriously. There you go. That's funny. That's I mean, very funny. What about something so unorthodox that it's not about the driving, it's about the event. It's about mm, wherever mm. you're going on the island. You, you're going 45, maybe 55 in yeah. some places. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you don't need anything fast whatsoever. You want to be in a convertible. You want to cruise and just look around and enjoy the scenery and hang out anyway. And that is the island mentality, my friend. That Island time you know, contractors show up when they want kind of thing. Yeah, for you sure. Know, it doesn't always happen on the dot, on the hour. Things happen at a slower pace. Life moves slower. That's the appeal. So for you to come in wanting like hot sports car on Hawaii, sounds great, but there's some realities to run into. So again, I want you to visit the island first, go to a few islands and, and really taste that culture totally. and see what it's totally. like. I thought of a 2011 Boxster I saw on uh, listed uh, in a few places. Boxster's uh, high on my list. I think it's a definite consideration. That would yeah. be the most luxury with a manual and fun sports car. It's That's the rare one that the, checks every box for the sure. Pinnacle right yeah. there. Yeah, 2011. I saw an M6 convertible from 2007. I was like, eh, you know, interesting. But it's so funny. Most of these are probably people moving away. They don't want to ship the car anywhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. or it's too old yeah. to take with them, or it's not the right car for where their new destination is. They just want to sell it right there, so they might be able to give you a good deal on it, but those cars are probably going to just stay on the island. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love your C6 Corvette uh, convertible suggestion in there, but I keep coming back to Wrangler. Just a Wrangler, because what if you do want to do a little bit of off-roading? I saw some lifted Toyota trucks there, and I thought, okay, yeah, yeah. those are locals. Yeah, for They're sure. They're not driving sports cars. For sure, yeah, yeah. They're driving lifted Tacomas with knobbies, and they do some off-roading, or they do, you know, they've got their, their fun trails that they like. So that could be a consideration. One, one of the times I was in Hawaii, we had a, a Wrangler, and I remember... Th- you know, the roads there, because as you're saying, you know, 55 is flying in That's Hawaii. It's flying. So, you know, I remember the roads there with the pieces off the off the Wrangler, of course, because yeah. it's Hawaii, right? I remember thinking, yeah, this is about right. This is about the speed <laughs> I need to go. This is everything I need to do, you know? Yeah. And if you want to turn down there and go find a surf spot, you can. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, Tyler, I'd also thought of the uh, BMW 2 Series for you. Can you find a convertible one of those? Sure. I think the convertible option of that plus manual may be difficult to find. I suspect a lot of the convertibles on the island are going to be automatics, which is fine. Yeah. But I think finding all the rest of the... Because that does the luxury that you want, the modern tech, that kind of thing. The BMW Z4 is the surprisingly roomy convertible option. So that mm-hmm. is a really good mm-hmm. one for you there if you want mm-hmm. roomy convertible that's modern. That is the one that kind of feels like an event and has a little bit of luxury. Can you find that in manual in your spec? Hopefully you can, but... I don't know that you're going to find one recent enough that it already has Android Auto. You probably should put that in after the fact. I think the, the one that matches your budget probably is a little older, so that's my suspicion. And <laughs> I'm imagining just other cars as you're talking. Well, my weird <laughs> other car thing is 90s JDM stuff. Really? You know, like the convertible 300ZXs are always cheap. 
So are there any of those on the sure. island? Sure. Yeah. You know, can you can you find an old? Uh, can you find a, a, a not JDM anymore? But can you find a nine forty four that's running? You know, like the like this nine six eight is actually what I'm talking about. That would you be know? automatic nine six eight yep. convertible. Yep. Sure. So you know, but what can you yeah. do? What what other what other brilliant '90s car can you find in weird convertible form? That is a '90s Japanese will run in spite of itself. You can put a new stereo in that. This is my wild card stuff. Yeah, because it's, that's the kind of thing where you're on the island now and you're shopping for fun. But otherwise, yeah. I mean, what if it turns into two cars when you're there and you get there and you decide you just need something to get to the beach, and you're gonna do some volcanic rock driving and off-roading and some dirt trails and a little bit of mountaineering that kind of thing, and you want your cheap sports car like a old Carmen Ghia. Or, there you go. You know, something There just, you go. That's funny. It's just inexpensive and fun and visceral and raw and cheap. And it's just so much fun. Surfboard sticking out the top and your whatever SUV. Some kind of Mazda or Toyota or Honda SUV. It's a different world. I, I think that could be the right choice. Maybe there isn't one car to rule it all on the island of Hawaii. But... Uh, I find this really fascinating, and, and I think about any you know somebody moving to any place on the planet and needing to kind of check it out first. There's a reason why land cruisers sell well in the regions they do, and there's sure, a reason yeah. Yeah, yeah. all the vehicles we see in Park City sell the way they do. And then For we sure. come here to Europe, and we see wagons, and we remind ourselves, like, oh my gosh. Why don't we have wagons? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This is where all the wagons are. They make so much sense. Yeah, for sure. Yes, they've got speed and style and luxury, and the wagons are just... We landed there. RS7. Yeah. Sorry, RS6 wagon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, it was gorgeous. And uh, a bunch of other wagons, Mercedes. We keep turning our heads and going, why do I not... The, oh, it's a Skoda. Oh, oh, that's a Cupra. <laughs> the cars we never see. Yeah. Exactly. If you've got a question like Tyler's, write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions, and your car debates. We are cutting this off just a little bit early since we're slightly jet-lagged, but yeah. we always love your interaction, and uh, whenever you think of us, write us a note uh, to the same email address. And also, I have to thank so many of you because the 300ZX did actually sell, and I'm amazed, and we actually had the auction. It was a, a last-minute auction. went for two days on our Discord. It started a lot of great conversation, which was really, really fun. It's something we'd never tried before. We did auction off that car on Discord. And it just so happened, you actually happened to come to my house for a totally different reason. Yeah. yeah and it was yeah. 15 minutes before the auction was over, and we just kind of stood around the computer. It was really funny. Kind of stood around the computer and watched what happened until it timed out. <laughs> and uh, so the 300ZX yeah. does have a new owner, which is really cool. It's not going to go all that far away. It's just going to Wyoming, which is really fun. So congrats to Rob on that, one of our patrons that was involved, because that's everybody that was uh, working in the auction was all our patrons, which is really cool because of our patron Discord. Some of you actually joined the Discord because of that auction, which I'm very excited about. I don't know what that means. Will we do this again? I don't know. There were some questions mm -hmm. on Discord about what are we auctioning off next. I don't know. It was I'm not it sure. was bizarre to do kind of our own little internal auction and to see it succeed was kind of fun. It was a little bit of a test. Yeah, but true, uh, true. I'm excited for that car to have a new home with somebody that knows the car, has watched the the, the road trips on it. I just, I didn't want it to go to somebody random. I wanted it to go to somebody that kind of had seen the car's story already, you yeah, know? Yeah. So that was was really cool about it. So again, congrats to Rob on winning that car. And uh, I'm sure we'll keep you updated on the, the stories of that car and other things coming and going as we 
do more madness. We're always looking forward to next time and start saving your money. If you haven't already, save your dollars and come with us on our pilgrimage yeah. trip. It's so much fun and we're looking forward to sharing it with you guys. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>